I'm through accepting limits. Cause someone says they're so. Some things you cannot change, but till I try, I'll never know. What's your hot take on The Wicked Movie being two movies? Uh, bad. Why? Yeah. That show's already too long. We don't need the second it, act. It's already too long, and the second act is already the worst yeah. part of it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's gonna be a pretty cool first movie and a pretty boring second. Although, you know, I'm gonna be in my damn seat ready to sing along to <laughs> Thank Goodness in 2025. Because <laughs> Thank Goodness is, like, my favorite song of the show. Is 40X still a thing? Do you think they'll have 40X, like, at AMC IMAX for the Wicked movie? Mm. Are they gonna spray, like, a green spray little bubbles? in my face? Like, yeah, little bubbles, green uh-huh. mist in my face. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm. I don't think the world is quite ready for like the faggotry of that the, will be the, the wicked movie release. Theaters movie. nationwide. Yeah. I agree. Welcome to Gay for Play, a podcast about all things queer in the world of video games, pop culture, and beyond. I'm the almost birthday boy, Lawrence Turner Cordova. And I'm the uh, almost but a little bit further than you birthday boy. Yeah, a couple months away. Um, Yeah. Yeah, hi. It's almost my birthday by the time we have our next episode out. If... (laughs) Big asterisk. Well, no, no, no. Big asterisk. For sure. By the time the next episode is out, whenever that might be, it will have passed my birthday of July 6th. Um, Week from... Less than a week from today. Less than a week from today. Happy July. Eric, how are you? Happy July. Oh, you know. Bad. Feeling bad. (laughs) How many times have we, like, tried to start this podcast and be like, you know, things are good. (laughs) I'm so great. Well, literally, it's like, I'm such a fake biatch sometimes where it's like i'll be having a bad day but then i want to come onto this podcast and not hashtag be real um and start off the show by being like ain't great things are going well when things are not great things are objectively bad um and that's how it's kind of been for me too i would say yeah um if you're listening to this in the future which i assume must mean the apocalypse has happened uh uh, we are recording this not long after the horrid, horrid Supreme Court rulings on not just Roe v. Wade, but a multitude of other bad things. Listen, we we started this podcast with the best of intentions. We come on here and we say that we're going to do, you know, weekly episodes. We're going to be up to date. We're going to do our journalista work. And then we get the worst news we've ever yeah. heard in our lives multiple times a year. And then we're literally like driveling messes and can't even get on this podcast. Yeah. So sorry if you're missing us. I'm assuming everyone is having a bad week this week. So I don't think anyone cares. Yeah. Sorry that this is coming to you late-ish. But yeah, truly we cannot handle the way of the world. Especially like, and not to be glib. And not mm-hmm. I guess not to be facetious and make light of the situation. But for all this to happen during cancer season, when I'm already, like, an emotional wreck. At your emotional peak, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm already going through peaks and valleys uh, for just, like, some of the most horrid and upsetting news uh, to come out. And for the future to seem so scary at this time is just not sitting right with my spirit. And then and then for us to be like, yeah, let's do an let's episode do a on a Zelda game. Let's do a little video game podcast. Yeah, no, absolutely the fuck not. I cannot. Um, but hey, look, we managed to... Um, Get out of bed today. Come Get out of bed. Come as we are. 
and uh, talk to y'all because we really do like making this show and like presenting it to y'all. Um, yeah, and truly, the 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 healthiest I feel mentally is when I'm on this uh, little Zoom call with you, Lawrence, recording this little podcast. Me too. So I'm, so glad, yeah. I'm so glad we're doing it still, and yeah. I'm so glad that you're still listening, listener. If you haven't already unsubscribed, because we're bad at keeping a schedule, that <laughs> you just can't handle unprofessional podcasts. We're just bad little podcasters. Well, it, I will say, it, like, it did kind of weigh on me the fact that, like, uh, beginning of June last month, we were like. It's Pride 2022. We're back with an all new season, honey, and it's gonna be fierce the house down. And then we were like, we put out like two episodes, and then we we're like, oh, I don't know what to do. Uh, it, it just kind of weighed on me the fact that like, I, I don't know. I think I put like pressure on myself, given that it was like Pride Month, to be like, mm-hmm. um, we gotta be at like on our A game, but. That's not but really hey, how Pride shaped up this year, I don't think. It, yeah, I was just going to say, it's not just this podcast that yeah. ended up having a weird Pride month and petering out at the end. This Pride month also started out strong and fucking bottomed out hard right in like the last couple days there. I did not bottom out at all this Pride month. <laughs> or top, or really anything. Also, you know, have you heard they added side, side to yes. grinder? A side, which is neither top nor bottom, it's, just like hand and mouth stuff? Yeah, it's when you just want to do non-butt stuff which sign me up that sounds like uh <laughs> the best time <laughs> yeah it's the a less lot prep of... the better in 2022 i'm just like i can't i can't prepare for i don't have stuff. the energy i don't have the wherewithal to uh prepare or even deal with the you know the goings on as a, as a occasional top anyways gay sex aside pride month is over <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're still here talking about video games. We are. Um, hey, if you like our show, uh, we are on Patreon if you want to support us. I just went through our Patreon page last night um, and realized that I, LOL, don't, didn't, like, understand how Patreon works. Uh, I realized that you can, like, tag episodes and have them in, like, in categories at the top of your page. And I hadn't done that. Mm. I had only done, like, random tags. So, like, our page looked a mess. But I, like, went through it and cleaned up yesterday. So now, like, all of our, like, bonus episodes are, like, sorted. We've got our, like, film club episodes. We've got our video episodes, our, like, regular bonus episodes. And they're all neatly organized there on our Patreon page. Uh, So check it out. Uh, You can subscribe for as low as a dollar if you want to support the show. Um, And we might even upload something at some point onto that video. (laughs) Yeah, who knows? Truly, um, you know, uh, barring some more life-shattering horrific news, which is a big possibility. Which is just a given at this point, yeah. Uh, But yeah, we'll have some stuff up there at some point. But there's already some stuff out there. Uh, And if you can't support us financially, hey, we would appreciate you giving us a little review, uh, rating us a little five stars in uh, iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening. It would help us out a lot. Yeah. But uh, what are we talking about this week, Lawrence? Well, we are at the halfway point of 2022. um, And I figured it was time to just kind of talk about, like, games. (laughs) Games Because we've never done that before. Can you believe on Gay for Play, a video game podcast, that we've (laughs) never talked about video games ever? It has been a minute since we've done like an episode dedicated to one game. Yeah. I think we we have some we are plans. Overdue. Like we said, it's been a rough couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, that being said, though, like having kind of like reflected on the games that I've played this year, not only like games that have released this year, but like um, just backlog stuff that I've been playing through. It's like helping me revitalize and like think about like what do I want to like give my energy to like a full episode on. 
um, mm-hmm. which we'll get into in a sec. But yeah, so today we're going to talk about like our games of the year so far, uh, games that are coming out later this year that uh, we have our eye on, uh, that have really piqued our interest, uh, tickled our fancy. Um, what else? Games that like um, have already come out that we still need to give a chance. Uh, games that low-key kind of flopped and uh, non-2022 games. That we've Stay been tuned for that one. <laughs> I'm excited for the flop era section of our podcast. Um, which is like kind of a little wide encompassing because it's kind of been it's kind of been a flop year for games, right? I think so. Do you think games I think are under flop era a little bit. We're really feeling the effects of COVID like top. the 2020 COVID delays of video games. I think a lot of 2021 games were like pretty much close to done, if not like on the edge of being done. And so we yeah. got a lot of good ones last year. This year, not so much. This year, we're getting lots more delays and less big announcements. We, uh, in our last episode, talked about not E3. We had a pretty, I would say, I don't know if I would say lackluster, but just weird, discombobulating, unsure of the future of video games um, at the midpoint through the year. Not to say there haven't been some absolute hits. Yeah, that's the thing. We're going to talk about them. Yeah, we will. Um, But before we do that, um, what, like, non-2022 stuff have we been playing? Oh, well, I'm so glad you asked. Let me uh, (laughs) not pull up my notes because we don't use notes. We're just You say as if we're not both staring down at the same Google Doc right now. (laughs) Um, I notably, just today, I'll start with this. Uh um, uh, Downloaded uh, 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 two games in a little series you might have heard of called Dark Souls. Uh, Dark Souls 2 and Dark Souls 3. Didn't get Dark Souls 1. I Have you ever played Dark Souls 1? No, never played it. I know it's like, I don't even, I don't know if people call it the best one. It's just the Ridge. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I love to do shit out of order and in a way that like people online are probably gonna disagree with. Yeah. Um, Dark Souls You're 2 queering is infamously. The space in that way. <laughs> queering the space in that way. Dark Souls 2 is infamously like the least liked of like the From Software games. Uh-huh. And so I'm like, yeah, let me start with that one. <laughs> Having not, never played any three of the Dark Souls game, I've only played. Uh, Bloodborne and Elden Ring. Elden Ring, Elden Ring, we did do an episode on. Yeah. Both games that I absolutely adore, and I've always intended to go back and play the original Dark Souls trilogy. Um, but uh, the on-sale deal for Dark Souls 1 wasn't as good as the on-sale deals for Dark Souls 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. So and that's how I made my decision. And um, you know what? I'm not ready to go back to this yet. <laughs> <laughs> like Elden Ring, I think I like clocked in like a little over a hundred hours on Wait, it and I, gonna, I still didn't beat okay, it. Okay, I was gonna ask if you had finished Elden Ring yet. I did not beat Elden Ring. Are you yet. like on the home like do you feel like you're on the home stretch? Have you Oh I'm out I absolutely am I'm on the home stretch and uh-huh. hit just a couple of bottlenecks that were so bad that I put the, down the game for a month, picked it back up for the first time in a month. I have no fucking idea what I'm doing yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. So so my intention I suppose with Dark Souls two and three is to like get a little back in the groove of like the combat mechanics and sure. just the toughness, then maybe I can pick up Elden Ring and actually finish it. But here's the thing. After I finished Elden Ring, I started playing after you um, didn't Lego finish Elden video Ring, games. Uh, point after order. I didn't finish Actually that's not sorry, true Elden. After, <laughs> after I didn't finish Elden Ring, I picked up like five of the Lego video games on that's sale right, and have yeah. just been binging through most of those. And I'm like, yeah, no, this is more my speed right yeah. now. Um you know, we were talking about it. Worlds of Dark, Sad, Horrible Place. And sometimes the From Software games need... take place in hard, difficult yeah. worlds. And sometimes the Lego games you just is need like... a little palate cleanser. 
a little palate cleanser, yeah. a little stimulation that isn't like negative reinforcement. Yeah, just a little uh, uh, Lego under your foot to kind of jolt you, <laughs> jolt you awake. <laughs> yeah. So all that to say, Dark Souls two and three. Glad I have them now. Don't know that I'm going to finish them anytime soon, but that does translate into me talking about the Lego video games. And you know what? They're fucking great. Work. <laughs> they are like the the ten year old boy inside of me. I'm not going to reword that. Uh, you better, uh, you better grow. No. The way people, the way the Republicans are talking about gay people, you better realize that. Okay, okay. The the boy's not inside of me, but he is in my house, and I am giving him video games yeah. to play. And is we are, better? yeah, we are getting into drag in front of him and traumatizing yeah. him. <laughs> one of my one of my friends on Twitter is getting dragged by Marjorie Taylor Greene. Did you know this? Oh, I think I saw like in your, uh, yeah, like I saw it in your activity. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to Holly Hazmat. She's a great drag queen. Um, the ice queen herself, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh-huh. is dragging her for like a picture of like her in like skimpy drag and then being like, and this is what the Democrats want. Uh, wild, wild that this grown ass adult woman who lives on the other side of the country is bullying my friend from yeah. college right now. But that's just the state of politics. That's just how things go these yeah. days. Yeah. Fuck. Anyway, Anyways. shout out to Holly Hazmat. You're great. Yeah. And Marjorie Taylor Greene. Hope bad things happen um, to you. Sorry. I hope you never know a day of peace for the rest of your life, uh-huh. you absolute monster. Um, anyway, speaking of, I've been playing <laughs> Anyways, Lego Harry Potter games a lot. <laughs> Another series made by a horribly unspeakable monster that um, who shall not be yeah. talked about anymore on this podcast. Mm-hmm. But you know what? This 10-year-old Lego Harry Potter game yeah. takes me back to a time when it wasn't so controversial to like a stupid little book series about boy wizards. And, and magic schools and uh it's such a weird marrying of two properties um magic wizards and legos but it works so well mm-hmm. um it's so fun to go back and play the lego games before they added voice acting to yeah. them i think most of them have voice acting in them now but it's really like weird and quirky to like try and remember the plot of harry potter through like pantomime cutscenes of personified like lego brick people it's so neat yeah, um, I really liked the original, like, Lego style of just, you know, puppet theater almost. Um, yeah, no, very much yeah. that. Yeah, the Lego Star Wars games, even, like, the original Lego Batman games, they're just like, hey, remember this story? Um, what if we did it, like, in a really dumb and silly way? <laughs> Which is funny, like, as the Harry Potter uh, movies got get more and more serious, uh-huh. like, trying to watch these games, like, still kind of trying to keep that fun. tone. Childlike matter yeah. while, like, you know, buildings are being blown up and, like, <laughs> teenagers are dying. <laughs> but they're like, oh, no, I'm a little uh, lame, dude, and I'm dead now. Anyway, enough fun. about those. Um, I also will talk about some games we want to play later, uh-huh. but I'll just Well, can I talk about now. one of mine? Oh, oh, yes, Thank yes, you, I will. King. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I forget that I'm not the only one on, on this call. <laughs> no, it's good. I'm glad to hear that we're enthusiastic and want to talk about games. Um yeah, I have picked back up uh, Persona 5 Royal, which we talked about ages ago, um, way back in the year 2020, uh, with our mm-hmm. friend Sarah Brown. Uh, go listen to that episode, Jazz is Persona Vibes. Um, but yeah, I've dipped back into it, because LOL, I never finished it. Um, I think I talked about it in that episode, but what happened is, original Persona 5 came out, what, 2017, 16, 2018? 7. I, don't know. I think 2017. Anyway, I played it that yeah. year, got like 
90% of the way through it by, like, early 2018, uh, then just, like, didn't finish The Last Palace, and then then just forgot about it forever, and then Persona 5 Royal came out, picked it up, uh, played through about a third of it, and then set it down for a couple years. And so now I'm finally getting back into it, finally making my way to the end, and god, it's just one of the best modern games, like, one of the best modern JRPGs that we have. No no doubt about it, like, absolute like genre defining yeah. kind of generation defining like console defining because they were originally only on um ps4 right when yeah. they first came out uh i PS4, was gonna say now, now uh famously it did just get announced uh not only for xbox during their little showcase but during the nintendo switch uh nintendo direct mini Ooh. last week they finally announced that it's coming to switch which has been like a long time in the making i remember back when the original persona 5 came out like I was one of the early Persona 5 fans clamoring, being like, this needs to be on Switch. And now, here we are five years well, later. And, and then um, Joker came to Super Smash right? Bros. And it was kind of assumed, oh, if this like main character from Persona 5 is coming to this Nintendo game, that mm-hmm. must mean the games are coming to the console. Yeah. And then they didn't for like more than a year. And, and then they had... I mean, he was like one of the first DLC yeah. characters for that game back in 2018. And they also had Persona 5 Strikers, the like spin-off sequel uh, on the Switch mm-hmm. as well. Um but yeah, now we finally have the game proper on the Switch, and I'm, or it's coming like in October. And if you haven't checked it out, it's really, really great. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, despite the weird homophobic things that we talked about in our episode, yeah, okay, years despite ago. the weird homophobic things, but also, and again, like I, you know, as a queer person, we like read between the lines and you know, uh, do queer readings of things. I've been like picking up on just like so much queer stuff about this game. Uh, minor spoiler warning, uh, I got to the point in the game where um, where uh, your caretaker, Sojiro, the guy you're living with, um, finds out that you are this, like, secret phantom thief. And that whole scene, it's, like, when he, like, finds out because he, like, goes into his daughter's room and finds, like, the calling card that the phantom thief sent to her. And it's like, why mm-hmm. do you have this? And, like, then, like, you and uh, Futaba have to, like, confront this guy about your phantom thievery. And as I was playing through that scene, I was like, it's crazy how much this feels like an outing scene. <laughs> like, yeah. how much it feels like... And how like, much yeah. that friend, the Phantom Thieves, feel like a queer found yeah. family. Because, like, that whole scene, like, uh, you know, she starts breaking down and is like, no, you don't understand, like, this group really helped me find myself and, like, really helped me, like, come to terms with who I am and, like, helped change my heart. Um, and, like, you know, you have to, like, spill the beans to this guy, too, and be like, yeah, sorry I kept this from you, but, you know... I felt like I couldn't tell you. And then, like, he's ultimately, like, supportive of it. And it's just like, I only want what's best for you. Like, I don't want you guys to be in danger. And it's just, like, such oh. a, like... Like, reading it through the lens of, like, an outing scene, it was just, like, so... Um, wow, on the nose. Um, yeah, and so many other things yeah. in that game. Just, like, oh. <laughs> there of- is no heterosexual explanation for yeah. so many of the things that happen in Persona 5. Okay, here's the other thing. I want to talk about one other thing from Persona 5. Um, we mm. talked in the episode about Akechi, who is this, like... Okay, so you and your friends are, like, this group of, like, secret mind palace invaders who are going around changing people's hearts. And there was this, like, boy detective... Uh, named Akechi, who is, like, on the Phantom Thieves case and is, like, trying to, like, figure out who they are. Uh, And in Persona 5 Royal, you get to, like, kind of, like, befriend him uh, before he becomes, like, important later on in the story. Um, And as I was playing through it, I was like, okay, why does it seem like Joker and Akechi are, like, on the DL? (laughs) 
with each yeah, other. Yeah, no, they they are boyfriends. <laughs> because they like, are headcanon boyfriends. Because it gets to a point where like Akechi does like uh, interact with like the friend group more. Um, mm-hmm. And like there are like a couple scenes where like uh, your friends are like, "Why does it seem like you know so much about this Akechi dude?" And like you and Akechi like share looks, and it's like you guys aren't talking about all the little dates that you've gone on. And it's just like... Right, you literally <laughs> go on a coffee shop date where you, like, yeah. swap clothes so that way, like, a catchy won't be recognized because he's, like, a local celebrity. And, like, there is nothing straight about two teenage boys trading their clothing yeah. with each other. There's no answer for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is so LGBT vibes. Um, anyways, it's great. Also, um, also, um, um, art school boyfriend. Yeah, Yusuke. Um, Yusuke. Uh-huh. Um, I tweeted... He a... has, like... Yeah, you tweeted a picture of yeah. his scenario yeah he has like he paints a painting that he like puts in an art exhibit and it's called like passion and desire or something like that and he's like mm-hmm. this painting was inspired by you and it's like okay he's <laughs> like <laughs> okay work <laughs> uh yeah anyways it's great uh i love persona 5 y'all should check it out um once it comes onto all platforms or if you already have a playstation i yeah, really, really i'm probably gonna get it, get it again. again on another console yeah. and play another 120 hours yeah. of it for a third time yeah that's the thing it's like truly the best game to play when i feel like nothing of note is coming out right now so that's right well in 20 back in um 2020 it was that alongside animal crossing were like my two quarantine games to yeah. just like something i can just dump an endless amount of hours into and still feel like i'm making progress yep. and like doing something fun mm-hmm. like the fun never runs out in Persona 5 Royal. Yeah. Like, truly, truly, like, there's something in it for everyone, even if you're not a JRPG fan. Um, even yeah, do if, it for like, the life sim stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. do it for the life sim stuff. And for the gram. Do it for the gram, bro. Do it for the gram. Um, other than that, I've been playing uh, Majora's Mask, uh, The Legend of Zelda, comma. <laughs> I've heard of it. God, it is so fucking good. It's maybe... I think it's up there with Twilight Princess as, like, my favorite. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking about it, and it's one of those games that, like, has aged so well, despite, like... I feel like a lot of N64 games haven't aged well. This feels like a game that was, like, uh, made using the N64's full capabilities and, like, still stands as a piece of art. You know, like, a definitive piece of art for that console. Um, Mm -hmm. And just has me thinking so much about... Um, existential dread <laughs> and like I don't know the way that uh, society views impending calamity in a way that hits just so hard I, I was yeah. telling you on the phone the other day like this is definitely a, a game that we're going to be talking about I was just going to say no spoilers I think yeah. it's coming it's got to be coming up soon for us to cover because there's just too much um, to talk there's about so much, not just yeah. the not just the end of the world stuff, also queer stuff. Queer There's stuff. a lot of like underlying like queer dread in Majora's Mask yeah. that needs to be um, dissected. Also theater stuff too. Like I do forget that we are also kind of like a theater centric podcast. Um, hey, play is in the title of yeah, the show. Yeah, play. It's a double entendre. Secretly a up. theater podcast. Um, but like that game has so much about like masks and like you know the masks that you put on and like yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I really want to get back into my like. Uh, college textbooks and talk about some like mask theater and how that kind of relates to this game I- I'm just so enthralled by that game um, I've been playing on the N64 online on Switch um, and it's great it's fantastic yeah 
I, I picked it up. Um, I started a couple nights ago after we had that phone call where you talked about yeah. it. I also picked it up and started playing. And immediately, just right from the jump, that game is... An incredible uh, opening, inc- like, opening hour mm-hmm. of that game. Just like... Yeah. Oh, there's so much to talk about. And so, and it's so hard to like, we'll do an episode on it. We'll talk about, we'll talk about this more, but like so hard to, um, like looking at this game now with like all the modern context of Uh everything that came after it. But like looking at it as what it was then, I'm like, oh, there was, was there was, there had never been a game like Majora's Mask using those time mechanics, using that kind of, um, it was recursive level design. It was years ahead of its time and also wildly like developed in like, less than a year yeah. after Ocarina came out. Like, the story of it, development, insane. The way that it came out so good, even with all the constraints that were put on it. Uh, amazing. It's we'll talk brilliant. about it. Yeah. Stay tuned, listener. Um, any um, other so- non-2022 games we've been playing before we get into our, like, favorite games of the year so far? Yeah. I have been recently super obsessed with a game that I've talked about on the show before, but I am actually finally finished it. A game called Prey. Um, this is... Um, in the vein of some of my other favorite games of all time, like Bioshock or um, the original System Shock games, they're immersive sims that are first-person shooters but also require an intense amount of um, puzzle solving, and every scenario in the game allows for so many different ways to approach, um, not just through combat, but through like physics, through um, powers that you can level up. Mm-hmm. And this, for um, context, is uh, a game by, uh, what's their name? Arcane, Arcane Studios. Studios. And it is yeah. like a space horror game. Right? You are yeah. on this, like, spaceship. There is a monster hunting you, and you are uh, trying to, like, escape? Yeah. <laughs> Question mark? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you played the game, right? <laughs> yeah, you know. I, I'm a gamer. I love spooky. You love, you love scary I shit love in spooky space, if frights. I know one thing. Um, no. Uh, 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 what was I going to say? Yeah, literally what you just said. It's a game that takes place on a ship in space full of these... Um, monsters um, called mimics, which are these sort of uh, uh, spindly-looking spider things that can mimic the appearance of any other object in the world. So you'll walk into a room and see two coffee cups on a table and go, why are there two coffee cups here? There shouldn't be two coffee cups. And then you walk up to it and jump scare one. This object suddenly ah. turns into a spider that jumps at you. Ah. And the entire game, like... It suddenly just makes the entire game tense because even if you walk into a room and see no enemies, you're still like, okay, but there could be like something lurking here that I can't even see. Um, and it's it, it it dips its toe in horror, but I wouldn't call it a flat out horror yeah. game in the same way I wouldn't call Bioshock a horror game. But they utilize elements of horror, but also elements of like sci-fi mm-hmm. and elements of um, just really interesting player choice mechanics. I would say Prey does some player choice stuff that is some of the best I've ever played in a game before. I know the like immersive Sims are all about like you get to make the choice of like what happens and where the story goes. And even with Bioshock, there are still like elements of the game that feel very on rails, but there is some stuff in Prey where like, this is a game that I think I'm probably going to play over and over and over again because the world is so small, but so rich uh, 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 so so rich in depth and i know you played um death loop which is the game that arcane made that came out last year or 2020 last year yeah it was last year last mm-hmm. year and um it pulls a lot from prey especially the dlc moon crash which is um really cool uh, a roguelike that is just you sort of repeating the same areas over and over again mm-hmm. to solve puzzles as different characters 
Um, and it makes me want to go play Deathloop. I've also gone back and started um, Arcane's first game that they published called Dishonored. Dishonored. Um, which is also on Game Pass. Um, check it out. Um, but yeah, I don't have much to say on it because I also think that we're maybe going to do an episode Probs. on this game soon. There is some queerness in this game that is subtextual. In praise. In Prey! Yeah. Well, I think you could make an argument that mimicking is, uh, in a way, uh, uh, code switching. These aliens right, are trying right. to pass. Um, they're just trying to pass okay, you, as you, regular you make space a, objects. You make a joke, but that literally serious. is my argument, and the game actually <laughs> does something with that. And, like, oh, like, just does just does some wild shit. Wow. I can't wait to talk about it. Don't but you love when I, like, it here? make a little silly, goofy point about why a game is queer, and you're like, no, actually... <laughs> No, actually, you're 100% true. <laughs> yeah. Slay. Um, so, yeah. Slay, check, it, check that out. Um, but, yeah. But what about games that actually happened in the year 2022? Let's talk about it. Okay. So, this is our segment. I'm actually really excited for this because uh, we did this last summer around this time, too. And it was, like, one of our most popular episodes. So, I think people mm-hmm. are interested in, like... What's going to be on that goatee list come December 31st or whenever we decide to Right, so to if this episode's a flop, we have no one to blame but yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about our favorite games of the year so far. Uh, just games that we played that have come out this year that are going to be on that coveted, coveted goatee list. Um, and I think we should just get the giant elephant out of the room. Uh, we talked about it a little up top, but Elden Ring's going to be Are you talking about there. RuPaul's Drag Race Superstar? <laughs> yes, you got it. <laughs> I hit the slay button and it uh, uh, slayed all the way to number one on my goatee list. Um, no, I have um, not played RuPaul's Drag Race. What's it called? Wait, RuPaul's do we want to talk Race? about that or do we actually want to talk about? Well, here's the thing. I <laughs> don't want to talk much about Elden Ring. What I do want to say about Elden Ring is like, yes, it will be on my goatee list in that I do think it is the collective game of the year, certainly. I think it is if I know every all all it, like, like game opinions are subjective, but this is objectively the best it's game the that's game come out this year. That has like it's super high in quality and like has crossed mm-hmm. into the mainstream zeitgeist in a major way that like it's gonna win every only game only of the really award. happens once a year, and so it's just like yeah. That being said. It is definitively not going to be my personal goatee, uh, but that doesn't. I'm not saying that to be contrarian. Um, Unlike uh, you, contrarian. <laughs> I was gonna say, unlike 2020, when like I didn't put The Last of Us Part Two on my goatee list solely to be contrarian, to be a hater. Um, <laughs> this time, I, I do love Elden Ring. I had a lot of fun with it. Also, never finished it. You also didn't beat it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even get like, I didn't even get halfway through it. But I will go back to it. I really enjoyed my time with it. I think that like such a gorgeous, gorgeous world and art direction and all the things that everyone has to say about it that are great the lore amazing that being said it's just like not my favorite game that i've played this year um especially when things like point b exist <laughs> oh my god okay trend alert trend alert mobile games are popping off in 2022 yeah. is that were you expecting that was that on your 2022 bingo card i'm not shocked by it i mean like mobile gaming has been like a huge platform uh i mean like it, it's more people have access to a mobile phone than have than people have access to, you yeah. know, gaming consoles. So like, it's the reason why things like Fortnite and Genshin Impact are the biggest games yeah. in the world because everyone has a mobile phone that can run them. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I've been playing this new mobile game, Point P. You've gotten into it too, Eric, right? I have. I I 
truly maybe like binged it for like an hour, maybe two yesterday. Uh-huh. Um, because yeah, that's the beauty of mobile games. If you're just like sitting waiting for something or you're like watching a TV show, but like only half involved, just pull up with something like Point B. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's explain what, what is Point, Point B, B is words. because we are saying literal gibberish. Point B is a uh, vertical climber. Think, um, do you remember Doodle Jump? I do remember Doodle Jump. This has big Doodle Jump vibes. Um, Mm -hmm. So basically you play as this uh, little green guy named Point B. uh, And you are like slingshotting yourself and like bouncing up walls, collecting fruit throughout these like different levels. Uh, They're really colorful. They're like these little enemies that are all like hand-drawn cartoons with like cute little faces. Um, And you are like climbing through these levels, collecting fruit as... uh, on the bottom of the screen, there's this, like, giant blue cat monster uh, that is, like, has a little thought bubble over its head of, like, a collection of different fruits. And you need to make smoothies for this cat monster by, you know, jumping through this level and collecting these fruits. Um, and it becomes more and more challenging as you uh, progress. Um, right. But also you level up. You get more jumps and you get, like, power-ups that you can apply to make yeah. your jumps higher or to collect more fruits on different jumps. Yeah. Like, it's um, a very, very fun progression it goes very quickly it's so perfectly paced for mobile i think and that you never really feel like you're grinding you just feel like every run is an opportunity to like get better at the game and it's 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 so balanced yeah uh, and it has just such a good game feel too um it had like tactile the jumping oh the jumping feels so good it's it's main mechanic is you know someone like was like uh it has it like gamifies the mechanic of like refreshing Twitter or Instagram, you know, that like pull down and swipe up. Um, yeah. Like that's like. Because you pull, you, you, you drag down to like slingshot him up. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's just so good. And like time goes slow mo, so you can like aim your shot and like perfectly get the fruits that you need. Um, there's like a really satisfying like you tap the screen to like go vertically down. And like if you stomp on an enemy, you'll get like a really good bounce uh, and like mm-hmm. get an extra jump for your run. Um, it's. So, so addicting and fun. I binged it in mm-hmm. the span of, like, 72 hours or something like that, and then rolled credits. Yeah, did you beat it? There's, like, an ending to it, I right? I did. Wait, have you gotten to the end? No, I'm still trying to unlock some stuff. Um. So, as I was playing it, I was like, this also has, like, big, like, Kirby vibes, just kind of in its aesthetic mm-hmm. and music choices. The music's great. The um composer did something else that I played. I can't remember who it is right now. I'll add it in post. Um. Hey y'all, I'm editing the episode and looked it up. The composer is Bowen, Caleb Bowen. He composed Snipper Clips and Piku Niku and Omori. Uh, he is also a collaborator with Caro Caro Bonito, so you might be familiar with his work from that. Just an all-over, like, great electronic musician composer. Uh, love his stuff. Anyways, back to the ep. But it's really great. It's also from the creator of Downwell, uh, which was, like, another mm-hmm. uh, mobile game that was really great. Uh, and that like one you're going B, down. Like Point B, but going down yeah. instead of up. Um, I never played that one, but I, I, I definitely see yeah. <laughs> the comparisons. Um, but yeah, so like I, I was saying, like this game gave me like big Kirby vibes, and the ending gave me big Kirby vibes because it kind of goes crazy. <laughs> Cosmic horror tease! I'm so excited. It's really I great. Feel like I'm close. Um, it should be noted too that this game is free with a Netflix subscription. This game is part of Netflix so weird. games. Yeah. Uh, which I knew was happening. I didn't realize it was, like, already fully, like, rolled out. Uh, but, like, there's mm-hmm. a bunch of games. If you, like, have Netflix on your phone, you can, like, search through its, like, mobile games tab. And it'll, like, take you to the App Store uh, and, like, you know, have a list of their, like, mobile titles. Uh, and you can download it from there and ask you to, like, sign in with your Netflix subscription. But it's free otherwise with 
that. Yeah. Um, I would say like maybe my my biggest recommendation of the week, truly because yeah. it's mobile and if you have Netflix, you can play it for free yeah. right now and there's no reason not to. It's so good. So easy to just jump in. Point B, check it out. It's Point B. And, and on my list. Compared, to, compared to the game I'm going to talk about right after this, um, no like weird, gross like monetization. Like the game is the game. It doesn't ask you to spend a dollar on a power uh-huh. up or like grind so you can buy a loot box that'll maybe help you or maybe not yeah. because if you're not spending microtransactions on rupaul's drag race all-stars superstars you're only getting half the story <laughs> you're only getting half the experience <laughs> is that what you're gonna talk um, about no, next I, uh yeah well, and i talked about it a couple weeks we back, are such um, a serious gaming podcast we're like let's talk about our game of the years and then i'm talking about pointy and you're talking what about other RuPaul's podcast drag is going to talk about elden ring and rupaul's drag race superstar in the same episode <laughs> only on gay for play you're going to get this good yep, shit listener period. Um, um yeah yeah a couple weeks back talked about it as like a stupid like here's how i'm celebrating pride month <laughs> it's it's an idol game um it's a it's a cookie clicker mm-hmm. it's a universal paper clips it's you have a bunch of little avatars that sit in a workroom that collect work points. Um, and you have little different stations. One's for makeup, one for hair, one for choreography. You get the work points. You get experience. You use those experience points to buy dresses for your drag avatar. You go in head-to-head runway challenges to slay the dolls, to work the runway, <laughs> to... Spend dollars on lipsticks. It's so dumb. Wow. Um, it does fall into a little bit of the, um, you know, it's an idle game, but the more you play, the longer the timers get, and the more the game pushes you to like, oh, but if you gross. spend yeah. a dollar, yeah. if you spend a dollar, you can uh, get this timer to finish up right now, and then you can get the points right now. I got up to, like, around level 30 before the game turned into, like, all right, well, in two days, you can collect these points. And I'm like, all right, I think... I'm out. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm out. I, I did I did end it already. You bendelacrammed um, it. <laughs> I bendelacrammed it. I'm going home. I sent myself home. <laughs> and, uh... Um, but that's not to say it's still not fun. I mean, I ta- when I talked about it last week, I said it's such a fun, weird, like, drag races version of, like predatory monetary mobile game uh-huh. schemes that seem to be everywhere but like in the same way that drag race takes all parts of pop culture and makes it into like silly stupid camp this game is the same thing um but also is shamelessly asking for your dollars yeah. um but hey know, who, do doesn't wanna, want. yeah, who doesn't want to who doesn't want to you know waste some time on a silly little mobile game and uh stuff stuff the coffers of one mr rupaul charles and the world of wonder yep. industrial complex. who i assume coded it himself yes. by himself mm-hmm. in his office yeah yeah completely <laughs> that's how that's how that industry works um but like, yeah that's been my other mobile obsession have there been any other mobile games that you've been uh, into i mean i still play a ton of pokemon go it's just like it's coming up on its oh, right. six year anniversary on my birthday i share a birthday I'm with ancient. pokemon go uh do you remember we were together when Pokemon Go came out? Not were together, not, not together, together, but <laughs> but it was 2017. It was my 21st birthday. You were like, I do remember this. You were uh, in town for my birthday because uh, I threw like my roommate's birthday was the seventh, mine's the sixth, and so we threw like a joint birthday party. And at midnight, it became his birthday. Mm-hmm. But I remember we were like it, sitting in like my college pub, uh, having my like first legal drink. Um, and then I was like, Pokemon Go just came out. And, like, I downloaded it there, caught my very first, like, starter Pokemon, like, in this little bar. Um, I remember the app was, like, barely working because everyone was trying to get on it. And then it kicked mm-hmm. off that 
that magical summer. But. That summer. Well, and then I remember we went to um Universal Studios. Yes, yeah. And that was that was really cool that we were like in Universal Studios, like swiping all mm-hmm. of like the ghost stops in the theme park. Yeah, everyone was. It on was their very phones. fun. It was like. <laughs> you're an adult now lords let's go to a theme park yeah. and play pokemon <laughs> i remember like overhearing someone was like someone was like there's a magmar over there and i like went and caught it it was wow the <laughs> one of the last that great summer. moments of of our civilization before, before yeah this summer of 2016 what happened what happened after that <laughs> it's all know. it's all a haze um but no i don't think there's any other mobile games that i've been playing um mm-hmm but continuing, um, our... I did download. I downloaded Final Fantasy First Soldier, oh, which work. is like a FF Seven mobile game that I only have. The Final Fantasy Seven PUBG, of. right? Basically, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah. Um, but I haven't gotten super into that. But Wait, I'm, what we didn't talk about? We haven't recorded since all the Final Fantasy Seven news came out. Oh shit! Holy oh, shit. Wait, okay, break, <laughs> break, break, break. <laughs> Cut. Hold on. Side segment. Um. Holy shit! <laughs> holy shit! I can't wait for um. Uh. Act Act Two Rebirth, <laughs> um, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, the sequel to Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah, um, um, confirmed that it's going to be a trilogy. I think we kind of knew that, but didn't have official confirmation. Yeah. I love that it's not just Remake Part Two, but like Rebirth. Yeah. They're going like no new subtitles. God, the one thing about Nomura, he's going to give you a subtitle. Mm-hmm. And have you heard that? They've already announced who's like uh, directing the third game, uh, and the title of the third game has already been uh, announced. Uh, no, what is this? Yeah, the lead director on it is uh, this up and coming game developer uh, named uh, Beyonce Giselle Knowles Carter, and it's Final <gasps> Fantasy Part Three Act One Renaissance. Is Renaissance the name. <laughs> is the name of the? Third you can't one. break my sword. Bam, bam. You can't break my sword. <laughs> Release your materia. Release your job. <laughs> Where else are you going to uh, get this content? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I'm I'm very excited. Uh, it's crazy how Final Fantasy VII is its own like franchise within the like Final Fantasy world at this point. Which it's I'm gonna eat it I'm up. I'm fine with I, that. I fucking loved Final Fantasy VII remake. And it and it weirdly doesn't feel like you know milking a dead cow. Like no, it feels like there there is a lot of life in this one particular yeah. spinoff of this series that I'm glad that they are like still I'm glad that it, going like, deep into. It, it, it has the legs, and I'm glad that they're giving it its uh, fair mm-hmm. shake. Sephiroth has the yeah. legs. Um, yeah. Period. Um, it's mm-hmm. I, I wonder, like you know, five ten years down the line, I think I was listening to some po- podcast and they're th- saying like I think you know Final Fantasy ten is probably going to get the like seven remake treatment down the line mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see like after they run the final fantasy seven well dry like what they're going to move on to but i'm curious i mean ff7 it just feels so like well suited for yeah. this kind of like remake slash reboot slash multiverse thing mm-hmm. i haven't played ff7 ff10 so i don't know if they would like approach it the same way of like it's another alternate universe yeah. um or if they would just go straight for like no we're just going to remake it because it's really good but Whatever is in store for FF7 um, this this the next couple years, I'm so here for it. Same. Because there's also the mobile game, which is like a chibi remake of Final Fantasy VII, but also is maybe in its own like alternate also universe. Also might be some and kind of remake thing. Who and knows? And we're also it's... getting a remake of First Soldier, right? That was a, a Crisis Core. Game? Crisis Core. Crisis Core. Yeah. 
um, Crisis Core, which I've never played, which I'm excited mm-hmm. to play um, because now it's going to be a full ground up remake for consoles. That yeah. also is maybe going to tie into the remake series. Who, Who fucking knows? Okay, wait. Anyway, Final Fantasy VII over. over. Let's get back to our favorite games of the year. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Uh, crazy that that released. I can't believe that this happened year. this year. That feels like actual it was like ages ago, ago, but already. it was January. January, early February. I think it was like, yeah, like remember, the, one of the first big drops. I remember playing it a lot while the Olympics were on and I was watching figure skating. Um, but yeah, yeah, we did a whole episode on it. I, I'm still, I think, one of my favorite Pokemon games in years. Uh, and of course, that isn't the only Pokemon game that we're going to have this year. Scarlet and Violet are coming out this November. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, a a like main, mainline Pokemon game. Uh, kind of still taking inspiration from Pokemon Legends, but also doing its own thing. Um, but yeah, Pokemon Legends Arceus had some problems. Like, wasn't the most like you know technically impressive, masterful game. But goddamn, I had so so much fun. Probably the game that I've just had the most like unbridled joy playing uh, right. this year. I, and I, I I still haven't played it, but it does feel like a a really good roadmap for like where this series yeah. could go because it's. I think the complaint for years has been like it's really stuck in its formula. Yeah. It, they, like they don't really know how to iterate it in like a way that feels meaningful or like worth redoing. But Arceus feels like for the first time in a long time with the series, I go, "Oh, that's really cool. That's a really cool way to like approach battles yeah. and exploration in a way that makes me excited." Famously, a, a Pokemon detractor. I wouldn't say detractor. I was gonna say not hater. <laughs> I don't hate Pokemon, but I'm a little bit like yeah. I get tired of like the constant like stream of Pokemon stuff that I'm not playing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so it makes you excited for play Arceus? does it make you like excited for Scarlet and Violet a little bit then not quite no I only think... because it's coming so soon after Arceus that I'm like how much can it really pull into this game with that short of a window between I the two I think from all what I've seen of Scarlet and Violet I think it's gonna be really good you know it's gonna be like fully open world right yeah well Arceus is fully open world it's, too right it's sort of it's open zone <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, to borrow Sonic Frontier's Parlance. Oh, let me add that to the flaws oh, really quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, later in the app, we're going to talk about uh, games that have kind of flopped or that we think are going to flop. Um, but yeah, Pokemon Legends Arceus, it wasn't fully open world. There's like open areas and like you unlock more areas as you progress through the story. But Scarlet and Violet's going to be like fully open world from the jump. Go anywhere you want and, you know, collect the gym badges in your own order at your own pace. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that um, plays out. I'm really like excited for it, I think. Arceus has like provided a good like roadmap of where the series might be headed. Um, nice. Yeah. What else is on your favorite um, games of the year so far? I, I only have like one ooh, or two. I want to. I want to shout out another early year release that again I, I forgot happened this year, but nobody saves the world. Yeah. Um, it's a game that I played on Game Pass yeah. earlier this year. We started playing it's a little so bit of it fun. together, and then you played a lot more of it than I did. Yeah, I got. I think I got to like the final dungeon. I didn't oh, nice. quite beat it, but I, I think I, I got most of the way through. Um, it's a really fun um, dungeon crawler, open world exploration. Think like a top down Zelda game, like Link to the Past, with a set open world, but every dungeon is randomized. Mm-hmm. So if you die, you, you get sent back to the start, and then the layout is going to be different. Um, but what's really fun about Nobody Saves the World is that you have a plethora of um, shape shifting form changes you can make. You can turn into um, you know, a knight or a horse or a mermaid or, or a or a mermaid or a rat. zombie or or a rat a or rat an egg. jumping around the corner looking for a food. Yeah, <laughs> Do that? and so it's never mind. No, I have no idea what that was a reference to. <laughs> if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you know. Anyways, continue. 
Uh, anyway, um, just a really fun like uh, take on like that Zelda um, Diablo roguelike formula that also has like a really great sense of humor to it. It's the same developers as um, Guacamelee, which was a really oh, yeah. fun like beat 'em up side scroller about like Mexican wrestlers that was really silly and fun. It's like a Metroidvania, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Metroidvania style like the um, you know side scrolling fighting game. Um, and this is a top down um, Zelda dungeon game, yeah. but like with a really funny think like um like 90s nicktoons animation style yeah. and sense of humor it's very like invader zim um, vibes yeah very that like very like a little crude in the animation styles but like in a way that's still like really fun yeah. and just like the game doesn't take itself super seriously some of the things that you can change into are absolutely ridiculous and yet still are like so like can be so powerful if you like learn how to like use the different powers of every um shape-shifting form um well and then you can mix and match um, abilities from one form to another the higher you level up each individual form. Just really, really fun stuff. I hope that it doesn't get left out of the goatee conversation just because it was an early yeah. year release because I really think it was like one of the more special original things that I played this year and I really recommend I'm it. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I like. I think I didn't play enough of it to get a full opinion of it, but I was kind of in the back of my mind thinking like, is this a good game or were we just kind of in a dry spell and just like kind of tidied us over? But I'm glad to hear that you actually did like find a lot of enjoyment out of it. And I'm excited to, uh, it'll be one of those things that I like pick up, uh, pick back up later, I think. Yeah. And it's on Game Pass. Yeah. So uh, check it out. Um, um, do you want to give one more? Yeah. Well, and, I have, and I have one more. You do one more. I'll do one more. Cool. I'll, real quick. I want to mention Kirby and the Forgotten Land. I talked about it as my like, what else I'm gay for last week. So I won't talk about it too much more, but one of the best Kirby games in years. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I highly recommend it. It has a good amount Please of challenge. Your cartridge. Really? Sh- Wait, what'd you say? So let me borrow your cartridge. Oh, we'll do. Wait, no, I, I bought it digitally. Sorry. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that is one that's on my, uh, I think it'll be on my goatee list for sure. And then a game that I haven't finished, but I started playing and think that everyone should play. Um, it's called Norco, which is a um, point and click adventure slash visual novel game. Um, it takes place like in the like, near future it's like a dystopian kind of cyberpunk future makes me think of um disco elysium yeah um, um a ga- another game i didn't play yeah love to reference but when i say cyberpunk future it's not like you know flying cars vibes cyberpunk 2077 vibes it's like this is a reality that you could see in like this is like 15, we're 10 years. years away from this possibly yeah we're just you know climate change is doing its damn thing and it, it it takes place it's about this girl um who um returns to her hometown of norco louisiana which is a real town uh that has just like um suffered so much from environmental racism it's like uh there's this like power plant that has like polluted the town uh and you know people there are just down in their luck because uh you know corporations have kind of like been ruling shop and just like made this town a uh, rough place to live and she returns there after the loss of her mother and she's there trying to reconnect with her brother and the people of the town and uncover this mystery of what this shady organization is doing in this town and it's a really like serious but like a uh, really thoughtful and cool uh visual novel about um family and uh you know what happens to us uh, as corporations continue to destroy our homes and uh, racist uh, environmental uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Corporations ruining the environment that disproportionately affects black and brown neighborhoods. Um, It's just really cool meditation on that. Um, I recommend checking it out. So, so it's so it's a real fun, a real fun time. Something light, something fun, (laughs) something for the summertime, something for the girls to get ready and party (laughs) to. No, it is a game that I was like, I had to play this in chunks because it's like hashtag too real. Um, right, I was gonna say it like just you describing it. It makes me think of Night in the Woods, but yeah. like if it wasn't full of cute cartoon animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very that. Um, but it's on Game Pass. Uh, I think it's on. I think it's only on PC. Yeah, I think it's only on PC because um, it's point and click, right? Yeah, I think yeah. I checked. It's only yeah, but, but also like pretty, but like very like stylized pixel I was art. Gonna say, so if you have a shitty laptop like I do, like you can still play. Yeah, it. very graphically simple, really cool art style, but like I do think that like most computers should be able to run this. Uh, so yeah, that's my last game of things that I've played so far this year that's on my list. Do you have one more? Yeah, I wanted to shout out another game I think I talked about a little bit, but I want to talk again about the Stanley Parable yeah. Ultra Deluxe. This is a remake in quotes of the 2013 um i wouldn't call it mega hit but very like niche if you had a steam account in 2013 there's no way that you didn't play the stanley parable um a very fun like meditation on narration and like player choice in video games you play as stanley you're in an office and you were trying to figure out what happened to your coworkers, and the whole time you play the game, you're being guided by this narrator. And at many opportunities, you are given the chance to either follow the directions of the narrator or go in a completely different direction and do whatever you want. And the game has multiple different endings, says so many di- different things about like the relationship between the creator and the player, and like what intentions game makers can really assume that players are going to follow through on or what kind of things gamers are just going to like make their own and this uh remake in quotes of the stanley parable ultra deluxe is essentially a sequel no spoilers the game like touts itself as being a ground-up remake of stanley parable which Which, it is yeah with 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 new content added but the new content essentially doubles the size of the game and is so self-aware and iterates on the game that came before it yeah i think you told me or one of the video game podcasts that i listened to that i have um you know just that we steal all of our opinions from <laughs> yeah has said that like during the in the beginning it asks you if you played the original stanley parable um and like you can answer yes or no and it'll like change some things up depending on like what you answer so it is like a good entry point mm-hmm. for people who haven't played it before um yeah no it's not it's you can play it if you've never played it yeah. the game the game yeah, assumes you have either played it or not and is accommodating either way. Yeah. Um, and it's just, uh, it's such a brilliant game. And a lot of the, I wouldn't say the writing has aged poorly, but you can definitely tell like, oh, like games that wanted to have like a meta point of view, like pulled so directly from Stanley Parable that it's hard to like remember games not being meta before uh-huh. this point because so much of it came from like, the 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 era of early steam when like people could just put up any mod yeah. and or could put up anything and just like it could be really experimental and so it's a nice little throwback but also like in in its new content has some really like funny interesting things to say about like modern development culture and like the need to constantly make new content mm. and you know player feedback being the most important thing in the world yeah, yeah, yeah. um it's really That's fun. Dope. It truly it truly is like one of the OG walking simulator games, uh-huh. but like I can't think of a lot of games that have done the walking simulator better than Stanley Parable. Nice. 
Um, and it's still true almost 10 years later in Ultra Deluxe, so I really recommend it. Um, it's definitely probably going to be on my end of the year list. It's, it's not on Game Pass, is it? You bought it, yeah? I don't know. Or, I did buy it's it. It's probably on sale, though. Um, the Steam sale's happening right now, so I'll check yeah, it out. Yeah, I would, I would definitely check it out. Work. Cool. Well, that's our games of the year so far. Um, oh, oh, Wordle. We didn't say. Oh, Wordle. Wordle. Yeah. Okay. Literally, Wordle is going to be on on the Goaty list. Uh, it's mm-hmm. uh, like I, I think it was like a big social gaming moment, and like I still pop on every every not every day, but like every now and then I'll hop in and guess a little word. Um, yeah, it's sensation? somehow Elden Ring and Wordle are like the two yeah. biggest games of the year and yet could not be so <laughs> yeah. different from each other. Yeah. Um, so Wordle Goaty, you heard it here first. It didn't come out this mm-hmm. year. It came out like November of last year. It came out like it dropped, <laughs> dropped on consoles mm-hmm. and Game Pass. Um, it, you know, it started running last year and then the New York Times picked it up. New York Times didn't ruin it. Like it's still running fine. Um, and the creator got his coin. So good for him. Um, but yeah, I love Wordle. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about some flops? Yeah, I do want to take a quick break and then come back with like. We'll talk about our flops and then talk about things that we're excited for this year uh, that are coming out later. Yay. Okay, cool. BRB, you're about to hear some very cool transition music. Oh boy. Ooh, do you hear that? Oh, wait, it's quiet, but it's getting louder. Oh, and now it's overtaking the podcast. And we'll be right back. Corner, flop, corner, flop, corner. Oh, you've been waiting for it, you hungry little pig sluts. Ooh, you just want to hear our hottest takes on the worst games. You want to hear us be haters. You won't believe what these two gay gamers hated in 2022. Um, that's being harsh. I think this this segment is going to be things that just like didn't. It didn't make an impact. Okay, we should add the con- the Katy Perry Award for made no noise. The Katy Perry Award for made no noise. <laughs> um, wait, what did Katy Perry do recently? Oh, she endorsed nothing. No, she endorsed Rick Caruso for LA mayor. Fuck yeah! What? You were off Twitter, so you didn't see it, but she just tweeted in all caps: "Rick Caruso for the win," and got hashtag ratio to hell um oh my god anyways, flop katie you Perry. know self-proclaimed queen of the gays <laughs> um anyways we're not talking about that flop this can be the katie perry flop segment um we're just, <laughs> we're talking about games that like uh didn't we didn't super vibe with uh have heard didn't make that much of a splash or we've just arbitrarily decided our flops that doesn't mean that they're necessarily bad games it just means mm-hmm. that we've decided all, that they're all flops. games are all games are works of art made by very well-intentioned uh, creative people unless it's diablo immortal yeah okay so diablo immortal is a flop uh did you want to say anything yeah, about it con- just continuing the trend of mobile Sh- games being predatory. I wouldn't say this game was good, but this game definitely made a splash, yeah. I think, in the in the worst way. Um, from, like, notable trash fire video game dev company Activision Blizzard. Yeah. Um, they have released a mobile version of one of their more iconic series, Diablo. Have you ever played a Diablo game before? I have not. I have not either. But I also know that, like, they're incredibly influential. I think, like, Nobody Saves the World is, like, heavily influenced by Diablo, like... 
a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. A lot of stuff is influenced by Diablo. But this was the Diablo formula taken and monetized to hell. And there have been like, I've listened to so many podcasts and read so many articles and watched so many videos about this game. I did try it for a little bit and immediately was so turned off by its um, gross monetization strategy. People have done the math to like, oh, the only way to really like advance or be good at this game is to spend money on it. And you can spend like upwards of thousands of dollars and like still not be guaranteed like the the equipment that makes the game like easy to win and that's the thing too like you might be hearing that and be like well who would do that the thing is there are people who do that they're called whales Mm -hmm. like that's how like mobile games like this make most of their money is Mm -hmm. through like a small handful of players who uh have you know like low-key addiction problems to like you know Mm -hmm. uh gambling or like you know monetization things like this who end up spending thousands and thousands of dollars and go into you know severe debt over these silly little mobile games and of course you know that's and it's just an extreme and it's gross because yeah and like we've known that games do this for a long time like loot box culture yeah it's nothing new loot box culture and like so many other free-to-play games like do the exact same thing Mm -hmm. and um, it is just straight up gambling, yeah. and there have—I know there have been efforts to like curb sort of curb it, yeah. these things legislatively, but like literally nothing works because our government is fucking yeah. broken. Um, and so it's just sad to see a company like Blizzard, which has already just been in so much hot water for like so many other yeah. reprehensible, horrible things. But it's okay because the board determined that the board has not had conduct issues—a self-imposed reflection on the culture. It's yeah. fuck that. Bobby Kotick has them. decided to stay on the board of directors mm-hmm. at uh, Blizzard, Activision Blizzard. Um, also, a minor flop award to Overwatch 2, uh, which I'm still excited mm-hmm. for and I will play, I should say. But I don't know how I feel about the 5v5 combat. Uh, also, mm-hmm. the beta rollout is, has been kind of like floppyless a little bit. Um, also, it's it's replacing Overwatch 1. Like, Overwatch 1 will not be playable anymore. They're just going to fold Overwatch yeah. into Overwatch 2, yes. which I also don't love hearing that yeah it's, it sounds like a, a loss for game preservation yeah uh that being said though it is going free to play so uh we can see how how fun so more opportunities for loot boxes yeah, that are going to season passes deprive more people of money well mm-hmm. i think they're like i think they're kind of like peddling back on loot boxes a little bit ba- a little bit and kind of leaning more into like the Fortnite battle pass of it all um which mm-hmm. we'll see right now if you want to access weirdly, the early beta like, you can pay 40 dollars to like get access to the beta which will then like also no. give you like the season pass and like no. cosmetic items you don't want to do that in october and it's like no just let me play the damn game um but yeah so minor flop award to overwatch 2 which again caveat i will be playing <laughs> for free um so so we're not yeah. giving him money we have to cover it, as Drew Elise does. We have no choice. Sorry, listener. Um, naming flop uh, goes to uh, Triangle Strategy, uh, which I've heard was pretty good. Like, a good tactics Did they drop RPG. the project? They dropped they, the project from the beginning yeah, of the Yeah, they title? took the project off of it, and now it's just called Triangle Strategy. Used to be Project Triangle Strategy. Triangle Strategy. But mm-hmm. the game flopped because it's a bad name, honey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, it made no noise. Made I did no not noise? even realize that this game came out. Yeah. No one told me. I didn't see any ads. Yeah. Didn't see anything. People have said it's good, though. How's like, I loved Fire Emblem Three Houses, so, like, I've kind mm-hmm. of been looking for a new tactics game. And I might pick it up at some point if it ever goes on sale, but um, made no noise, that one. Mm-hmm. What about this um, new Mario Soccer game that came out? Flop. Also made no noise? Made no noise. Mario Strikers Battle League made no noise. You know what else made no noise, sadly? Huh. Nintendo Switch Sports. 
the like Wii Sports successor. Oh, that I came out right. Wiped that. Flopped. I wiped that from my brain. Yeah. When that happened, um, the fact that they were charging full price for that game and not making it another pack-in game like it originally yeah. was meant for the Wii. Well, it's tough because like, how do you make flop. it a pack-in game this far into like the Switch's life cycle? So like, I get well, exactly. it exactly. Well, there's so many weird things about Nintendo's release schedule right now yeah. that makes me think that there was supposed to be a Switch Pro and then COVID and supply chain stuff oh, got in the way. Oh, do you think like Switch Sports would have been I, like I think a pack-in game? For a Switch yeah. Pro or like a Switch 4K, I absolutely think that maybe was the original intent mm. for it. Yeah, I could see that. Um, and then it didn't happen. Because, yeah, it was like, weirdly, Wii Sports is like one of the best-selling games of all time because it was a pack-in yeah. for the Wii, which is still one of the best-selling consoles yeah. of all time. And it's just so weird that there wasn't one of these already when the Switch came out. It seemed like such a done deal. Yeah, it's money uh, in the bank for them. Uh, yeah, this is flop. Five years into the line, this is yeah. flop because like it could have, you know, it could have been like that monoculture moment that uh, Wii Sports yeah. was, but like missed the mark on it. Uh, and also, sad. didn't the game release, but like not with all of the sports yet? It's like we're releasing the game now, but like there's still golf coming or like still yeah, other stuff. Which is that, weird. Like, That's a thing that like. Nintendo games have been doing like I think that's also the case in Mario Strikers like they're still adding characters to it uh, and it's kind of like a like oh a DLC rollout so that we still keep you invested in this game over time but it's like also maybe just give us the full game at launch yeah it, it also but it also <laughs> makes the games feel yeah, incomplete at launch right? and like doesn't feel like you're getting a full product yeah. when you buy it on launch day mm -hmm. I don't like it but Nintendo um I don't think really cares. I don't think they care. <laughs> I've, come, yeah. I've come to realize that Nintendo will do whatever it damn well wants, yeah. and it's still going to make hand over fist and money um, every single day. Well, here's so. the thing, too. Who, who are we to critique? I think generally the Switch kind of is in its flop era. Like mm -hmm. like you said, I think that like it was due for a console refresh, but because of the chip shortage, that didn't happen. But it's like, you know, there was a Nintendo Direct the other day. Um and like there was some cool stuff in it. Made no noise. <laughs> it made some noise. I, I I I thought it was fun. There was um some games in there that made me excited. Um, but like generally I'm like looking at these directs now and like I'm not getting that same like thrill of joy because it's like more often than not, if it's a third party game, you know, like this last one was where it was all third party stuff, I'm usually like, okay, well I'll buy it on PlayStation or PC if it comes to that. Um and I think in the era of the Switch deck or not the Switch deck, the Steam deck too, like Nintendo's in a precarious situation where it's like, I don't know. Yeah. But that being said, you know, the install base is huge. A lot more people have just a Switch than, you know, um, you know, people have PCs and other stuff like that. So like Right. But even when I hear something like Persona 5 is coming to Switch, I don't think of uh, that as like the most graphically intensive know? game ever. And yet I'm still like, I don't see that running well on the Switch. Oh, I think it's gonna run fine. It's a PS3 game. I guess. Yeah, essentially <laughs> okay, because it did yeah. come out on PS3 originally. Yeah. Fuck. Right? Man, that game's so old. Um, but yeah, like, it, it's it's mm -hmm. funny how, like, a few years ago, like, I would have been frothing at the mouth over that Persona announcement. And now I'm just like, oh, that's neat. You know? Yeah. I'll get it on, I'll get it on a Steam Deck yeah. or something. Or, like, my console that just runs games better. Mm -hmm. Because famously, COVID-19 ended the era of, oh, I can take this anywhere? Yeah. How cool. <laughs> Bitch, I don't leave my house. It doesn't matter if things are mobile anymore. Listen, I'm, you know, we're, we're all, we're all, all all in loose quotes, I'm fully vaxxed, but COVID is still, uh, has changed the culture. I don't, I'm not leaving my damn house. I'm not playing things on the go. Anyways. I don't want monkey pox. Ooh. I don't know anything about monkey pox. It's just smallpox, girl, I think. 
or the, the vaccine is, the vaccine is just a smallpox vaccine um because it's just like a variation of smallpox didn't i get one of those when i was like a baby though probably not because it got them? eradicated before you were born oh right that's why it's back yeah. because we lost to the herd immunity yeah, yeah. we're not talking about this not on not 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 an hour into the <laughs> podcast <laughs> Um, okay, a couple more flops that some of y'all are about to be real mad at me, but it must be said. <laughs> mm-hmm. What was that? Um, do you remember that girl? Uh, she was a meme a while ago. Um, it was just that video where she was like staring at the camera. She was like, some of y'all about to be real mad at me, but it must be said. And people were like, she was, she was right. And then she disappeared. Um, what, what was it that she said? I don't even remember work all right but what were you gonna say um some of y'all about to be reminded of me but it must be said horizon forbidden west kind of made no noise and i say that as someone who literally didn't play it um and I, i've heard people say and it's one of the favorite no games fault of, the year. of its own um yeah i we we included it on this flop list just because it unfortunately flopped again in the fact that like a bigger more popular open world game came out right around the same time uh for the original horizon it released like a couple days before breath of the wild and then this game released I think a couple days before Elden Ring, or a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and just, just completely got lost in the conversation lost because the nobody wanted to talk about it because mm-hmm. everyone was playing Elden Ring. That which, being rightly said, so, Elden Ring. I haven't again. I didn't play it either. Elden Ring's a better game, though. Yeah. Sorry. That being said, I, I think Horizon Forbidden West is fan, probably fantastic, and I will play it at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one, Tunic. Um, what happened to Tunic? Everyone was so excited for Tunic. I think in concept it was really cool. I just don't think the combat was that great. Um, that was why I put it down. Yeah. I got like a couple hours in and I was like, this combat is not fun. Yeah. I like... I, I really like the like... shame. The idea of the game of collecting like instruction booklet pages going to Going to the manual the to like uncover the secret. That was really cool. It's just mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It didn't keep me hooked. So like it flops low key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that was our flops. Well, <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I just, a moment of total yeah. deflation. Um, change your mind if you disagree with any of the games that we mentioned. Because like I said, I don't, I, I'm sure these games are great and they would be fun. But in our eyes, they flopped a little bit. Uh, nice. But what is what is not going to flop? Fingers crossed. What are we excited for crossed. coming? We talked a whole bunch last episode about... All this non-E3 stuff. But there's also been a couple other games yeah. that have been announced. Or just stuff I don't think we talked about last last time that, like, we're still excited for. We're halfway through, but there's still a whole other half to have. Yeah. Uh, I am excited for a game that is coming out later this month uh, called Live Alive, which is a remake of an SNES game from the early 90s that uh, never came to the West and is finally making its way over to the West. So it's kind of a deep cut um that is coming out on switch but it's getting the full like remake treatment uh it's getting a like hd 2d remake uh in the style of like octopath traveler where it's like really high quality pixel art uh and these like 3d diorama backgrounds um a demo came out and i played like one of the first chapters of it And it is really cool. So this game is from the director of Chrono Trigger. It is the game that he made before creating Chrono Trigger. Oh, Um, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. And, like, you definitely see some of that inspiration in it in that, like, it takes place across, like, a bunch of timelines. Um, I don't know how or if the, like, stories combine. But it's, like, uh, it starts out and there's, like, eight different, like, uh, chapters that you can start. And one of them is, like, in ancient China. One of them's, like, in Imperial Japan. One of them is, like... 
in the far future, and one of them is, like, in the near future, and one of them is present day, and one of them is Wild West, and so, like, it's all these different, like, RPG um, settings that you can pick, and then you go and, you know, play through these stories. Uh, the combat's really cool. It's kind of like a tile-based um, slash turn-based RPG. Kind of reminds me of, like, um, you know, like, original Final Fantasy VII. There's, like, an active time battle where, like, you can see when the enemy's gonna make a move. Um, really, really cool. Really fucking great music, too. Uh, the iconic legendress herself, Yoko Shimomura, was the composer for this game. <gasps> Um, Get gas. Yeah. So it's just really cool. Like, it's just a cool gem from the 90s that I'm excited to experience for the first time. Uh, is she coming back to like reorchestrate or re-record the music um, for this for this remake? Well, I th- yeah, I think they're using like her original compositions and have fully mm-hmm. like reorchestrated them because this demo that's out Dang. is like a full like orchestral score. It's really fucking crazily. Cool. That's one of the only names in games. In, when it comes to music where I'm like, oh, she's making the music? I'm going to play I'll it. I'll check yeah. that out now. <laughs> like, there's not a lot of games where I, like, the, the composer of the game is the thing that makes yeah. me go, oh, that sounds neat. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, if you are a big fan of Chrono Trigger slash a, a fan of any of the musical works of Yoko Shimomura, who did Kingdom Hearts and Street Fighter 2 and Mario and Luigi RPGs. Uh, mm-hmm. Countless, like, countless, icons. countless games. Um, mm-hmm. Nier Automata, right? Didn't she do that? I don't believe. So. Oh no! Yeah, I, that, that's that's a lie. Actually, that's not true, Ellen. <laughs> Anyways, actually, that's not true, Ellen. Um. Oh, Final Fantasy. The humans 15. are alive on the moon, and we're robots, Ellen. Yeah. What? Final Fantasy fifteen is one she did the soundtrack for. Um. Recently, oh, okay. JRPG. Uh, anyways, live alive. It is coming out on Switch, uh, July twenty second. Uh, there's a demo out now with like three playable chapters. I'm really excited for it. Um. Nice. Do you have one, Eric? Oh, um, this is a game that got announced for uh, the little mini Nintendo Direct that yeah. happened. They announced a ground-up remake of, let me check my notes, Pac-Man World Repack. Yes. Favorite name of the year for a game, maybe? Repack. <laughs> um, this is a remake of the old um, Pac-Man World games for the original PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Now, now, you think Pac-Man, you think... 80s arcade cabinets, you know, going up and down little blue squares and being chased by ghosts. And that's not what this game is, but it also is still Pac-Man. Think it's like, like a 3D platformer, right? It's a 3D platformer. Think like the original Crash Bandicoot games. Mm-hmm. I would say that's maybe the closest analog. They were like like 2.5D side-scrolling action um, platformer games. That, w- that felt like such a departure at the time for Pac-Man because he was just a 2D pixel art character, but... You know, this is the one of the games that I feel like brought him into the modern era mm-hmm. of gaming. It sort of gave him his like more modern, you know, arms and legs and eyes um, designs that that he, that he's really known for uh-huh. now. The design that ended up coming into Smash Bros. and like in all more modern iterations of the character. Pac Man is low key like one of my favorite video game characters ever. Yeah. Like, did you play? Just... So did you play this original game? Um, I played it a lot at a friend's house Work. when I was younger. I didn't have a yeah, PlayStation yeah, yeah. though, so I more so just have memories of like fleeting moments of uh-huh. this game. So it makes me excited to know that they're doing like a Crash Bandicoot remake. Then in the, in the same way that they remade the, the original Crash trilogy, Bandicoot games yeah. a couple years ago, the Insane Trilogy, they're giving the same treatment to um, this game. It also makes me hope that they'll redo the sequel to it. The sequel actually is closer in style to like the Spyro the Dragon games, mm. more like open areas that you have like full 3d movement to go around through but like 
the worlds have like strings of pellets going through them and you can like grab a string of pellets and like fly through the air by following the trail of pellets like it's really cool it's really neat um, um it's about like rescuing like your little pac-man wife and family and- yeah i wanted to mention um to talk about what's queer about this game or about mm-hmm. pac-man uh the wife that you're saving is not as one might imagine miss pac-man uh because of a legal dispute they couldn't use the name miss pac-man for this character so they made a like new character called pac-mom and that is like the woman that you're trying to save <laughs> Which I didn't know that. <laughs> which lends credence to the fan theory. Um, I believe it's a fan theory. I don't think I made this up. I think I heard it from someone that Ms. Pac-Man is not like a separate character, but is Pac-Man's drag persona. Uh, <laughs> which I fully buy. That just blew my fucking <laughs> mind. I've never heard that before. Yeah. But literally, have you ever seen Pac-Man and Ms. Pac-Man in the same no. room together? Um, also, no. Ms. Pac-Man is he married to Ms. Pac-Man? What? Ms. Pac-Man is the superior Pac-Man game. Oh, yeah. No, it's, yeah. I think it's the more fun one to play because um, it was essentially Pac-Man uh-huh. 2, but they called it Miss Pac-Man. I but, went... like, it was the first game where the levels actually changed yeah. layouts from screen to screen. Um, I went to uh, I went with my family to, like, a furniture store the other day. It was, like, this huge, like, furniture emporium. And they had, like, arcade cabinets. Um, nice. And, like, uh, we were just, like, looking at them. They had, like, a Pac-Man one. Uh, and, like, my dad is a big Miss Pac-Man fan. And, like, my mom was like, would you, like, consider getting this, like, Pac-Man cabinet? And he was like, no, I would want a Miss Pac-Man cabinet. And I was like, yes, slay, dad. I know that you- <laughs> I know that's right, that you want the yassified, <laughs> the yassified version of Pac-Man. Pac-ified. Um, but yeah, Miss Pac-Man is the queen. Cool. A queen. Anyways. Uh... <laughs> Stay tuned for our three and a half for our three and a half hour episode <laughs> on Ms. Pac-Man. It's coming. Um, another game that I wanted to mention that I'm excited for uh is a game that I checked out the demo for. I think the demo is still available on Steam. It is called Potion Permit. It is a like Ooh. um Stardew Valley-esque life sim where you move to this town and you are a like apothecary who has been like sent to help out this town of like ailing folks um it is good i'm having a lot of fun with like the gameplay loop the loop is like you go and like you forage like ingredients uh and then you bring them back to your cauldron and like the ingredients turn into these little like tetrominoes and like in order to like craft these different recipes you have to like slot the tetrominoes into the spaces to like craft these like potions which you then, like, give to, like, the town's members to, like, heal their ailments and, like, you know, uh, build up your, like, rapport. Uh, really, like, high-fidelity pixel art, really cool art style. Um, the one thing I'm not, like, super hot on it is the writing. I don't know if it's, like, a, like, um, made by a non-English game development team and maybe there's, like, some errors in translation. It's not bad writing. It just kind of seems, like, not the most, like, polished thing in the world. That being said, if you're, like, looking for a cool little life sim that's, like, really charming, really good, like, um, really good vibes, I think Potion Permit's gonna be low-key a hit. Um, I've been having fun with the little demo that I've played. Nice. Do you know who's publishing that or, or what that's coming out on? Uh, it's coming out on PC for sure. It's coming out on PC and it's coming to Switch as well. I know it's coming to Switch. Um, cool. Yeah, and that's coming out September 22nd. That's their, like, planned release date. I don't know if it's their, like, final release date. Um, but yeah, I'm... I'm I, I'm uh, excited for it. Uh, excited to see more of what happens as that game reaches its full development. Um, nice. I also want to play this game that just came out, Neon White. Yeah. You heard about this? Yes, yes, This yes. game looks so fucking cool. It is from the creator of Donut County, which I talked about on the pod 
ages ago. Whoa. Isn't that crazy? I didn't know that either. Yeah. Though, I could not think of two different dissimilar games. looking games. Yeah. <laughs> Donut County was this like, this kind of like, I don't know, um, Animal Crossing-esque game about like sucking up these environments and this is this like vaporwave uh dreamcast-esque uh it's like a speed running yeah. game right it's like turning speed running into mechanics it's a speed running slash uh visual novel dating sim mm-hmm. people have compared it to like persona uh which kind of <laughs> poked my ears up and Ooh. made me interested i've heard it compared to like um, Paradise, Paradise Killer, Killer in terms of like its vaporwave style yeah. influence, white columns, ripply blue waters, mm-hmm. um, greenery, marble stuff. Yeah. Like it looks really neat. But yeah, it's like a it's like a shooting game. It's like you run through levels really super fast, picking up guns, shooting dudes, running right past them, and it's like the intent is to like do it over and over again to complete levels as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks so fun. Yeah. It's been getting some. Uh, I just been hearing a lot of really good things about it from other bigger yeah, video game podcasts this is a so game, that's how i know yeah, it's one of those games that like i need to check it out just because i know it's going to be on like the video game podcasters cool end of the year list so it's, it's one of those games that for sure i'm going to check out um yeah work um what else um i wanted to talk about another game that was announced in this nintendo direct not to make this a like nintendo direct corner or whatever but harvestella did you see this is this is like a harvest moon thing it is yeah so they announced like a bunch of farming sim games there was like the disney <laughs> the disney was it, it was like disney oh, moonlight disney lifestyle farm sim yeah uh, they announced that which looked kind of dystopian uh they announced mm. a story of seasons doraemon story of seasons which is like um the like official company that used to be called harvest moon and is now harvest moon but they announced another one from square enix called harvestella that is like a jrpg slash farming sim where like you're um you're going around building up this farm, meeting the town's members. You know this kind of game. But then also, uh, there's four seasons, spring, summer, winter, and fall. But then there's a fifth season in this game called Quietus, when everything dies and the monsters come out to play and the scourge is unleashed upon the world. Um, and it seems like that is, like, what's cool about it, it's, it, it seems like you're, like, building your social links with, like, the town's members. But, like, also they're, like, getting recruited for your party for this, like, jrpg side of the game uh which just like really piqued my interest it looks really cool stylistically it looks like gorgeous uh and i'm really excited for it Um, what kind of like dev brainstorming session were they in when they were like you know what a farming game needs a fifth season (laughs) that's that's what's that's we did it we cracked the code um all all games that have four seasons dead tired found murdered in Add a fifth ditch. season in there. Throw a little spice in there. It's all about quietus, yeah. baby. Have we have we been in a in a prolonged quietus for the last 6 years? That's kind of what it's felt like. Honestly. Right? Um so yeah, that one I'm excited for. And then mm-hmm. lastly Splatoon 3. I forget that that's a game that's coming out this year. I forget that that's a game. Period. That's I love Splatoon. I can't believe that we're getting a new Splatoon game like in a couple months. I can't believe I still haven't like ever gotten into them. Yeah. I've only ever like played them with friends, but never like on my own with people. I don't know. We'll see how Splatoon three is. If it's really great, I it, it might be it might be my my uh, my new um, online love. Yeah. Let's get into it. Let's get Splatoon three and go for it. Yeah. 
Um, oh, we all didn't, we didn't really talk about how Fortnite has made the most noise this year. Oh, truly, us. yeah, we've been Fortnite gamers. Mm-hmm. Um, number one victory royales. Yeah, Fortnite, we're about to get down. Yeah, Fortnite's fun. I have nothing else to say. But... Town. Uh, the Fort the Naruto skins came back, and I, lol. Listen, if you're still listening, an hour and a half in, um, you get to see my shame, which is that I did spend about sixty US dollars on skins for my Fortnite characters. You know, gotta get Naruto and Kakashi, and um, they added Itachi Uchiha, and they added Gara and Hinata Hyuga. So you know, I had to pick up all those, all of my and, friends. And it, but it's worth it, right? Money well spent. Yeah, absolutely. For a game that you and I are both like slowly like uh-huh. melting into. I will say too, yeah. I hadn't won a single match of Fortnite until I bought the Itachi Uchiha skin, and I finally got my number one victory royale. Yeah, they say that those skins are just cosmetic, but, but no. like, if they really mean something to you, it, they will gonna, make you better. It's going to make you better at the game um, when it comes down. Similarly, to it. very funny that like Fortnite knows that we are like deep into it now. Oh because yeah, because they you, didn't they add released over Fortnite skins. Naruto for skins. me, they added Matrix. Yeah, they added <laughs> like, Naruto oh, no. and Matrix skins like around the same time, as if to like beckon us to give us all of our Patreon money directly to them. <laughs> work although i was able actually with my the battle pass that i bought i was able to like scrounge together just enough v bucks nice. that i didn't have to like spend work. extra money on the matrix yeah. stuff really cool stuff yeah god fortnite i can't believe this has happened to us hey we're vibing dude we're we're fortnite season three chapter of whatever vibing the house yeah, and it's fun it's like <laughs> it's like a summer party now it like they, they remade the map to make it like like the game, the war is over in in the world of Fortnite, and like we're in a state of peace, even yeah. though we're all still killing which, each other in a battle royale. But like, it's fun. Which someone brought up the like horrible timing of the fact that they made the last Fortnite season about war, like right before the mm-hmm. like, lol Ukraine invasion <laughs> happened, and they were like, "Oops, maybe we shouldn't have done that." Lol. Also, w- weird thing I've been wanting to point out about Fortnite. Uh-huh. Um. For as for as like fun and cartoony as it is, you can play as Darth Vader. They're adding Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. Naruto, all of these like multiverse crossovers. It's all about the fun little goo packs, yeah. and they put a roller coaster in the game. And yet, the weapons are still like AR fifteen, so <laughs> AR fifteens and like shotguns yeah. and like very like detailed like pistols and gun makes. I'm like, it's weird that they have yet to like make this like less less directly like about like yeah i don't know it's that being said it, it gets like, harder and harder to not think about like the gun crisis on our country yeah. when like games like Fortnite are still like drawing like directly from our real world uh weaponry i was like having a conversation with my dad the other day about you know uh he he was asking about the podcast and just asking like do you guys ever talk about like i don't know like guns and games and like the implications that that has and i don't think we've ever done like a proper episode on it although i feel like we must have mentioned it but like I was telling him, like, it, it's weird, because, like, there is this kind of cognitive dissonance uh, with games like Fortnite, where it's like, yeah, we're using these, like, you know, realistic-ish guns uh, to do these very unrealistic deaths, because, like, there's no blood in Fortnite, you know, you just, like, mm-hmm. uh, hologram out once you... like, you, pic- uh, once you, you pixelate away, yeah. yeah. Uh, but for me, that is so much more approachable than a game like a Call of Duty or... You know, or even a PUBG or sniper, which is elite, the same thing you know, as Fortnite. Um, yeah, you know these like tactical shooters that like you know um, that bring in more like actual military gear yeah, and weaponry and like vehicles. That leaves kind of just a sour taste in my mouth, and it's like I don't want to engage with that. And like, I don't know. I guess an argument could be made of like, you know, that has to exist so that like 
we are reminded of, like, you know, what these guns actually represent. But it's like, I don't know. I was having this whole conversation with my dad about, like, you know, I, I think as gamers we're able to, like, delineate the fact and know that, like, this isn't a, like... Um, this is a facsim. Ceci n'est pas une gun, you know? A facsimile. Yeah. Um, and there's a ton of great video essays about it. Um, Jacob Geller has that great one about headshots and, like, you know, digital violence and, like, how games operate through violence as a, like, storytelling method. Um, there's a lot to, you know, unpack about it. But it's definitely a thinker. Um, but hey, Fortnite, we're vibing. <laughs> We're vibing. They added chainsaw guns. <laughs> they brought back a, like, um, grappling hook that is essentially Spider-Man's web slingers, but not. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Anyways, yeah, maybe maybe down the road. Again, <laughs> there's so much dark shit in the world. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to come here every single week and talk about the worst stuff going on <laughs> in the world, but... Oh, man. Well, should we talk about uh, what else we're gay for and then kind of start wrapping up? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good to go. Do you have something? What else are you gay for? I don't. I was going to let you go first while I look through my history on my phone so I can remember what the fuck is even going on. Um, I wanted to shout out a uh, podcast uh, that is run by one of my friends. Uh, It is called uh, Impure Rethought, and it is a uh, podcast by my friend Vika. Uh, and her friend Meg, uh, they are a podcast about the ways that purity, patriarchy, and profit have, like, shaped our life. And they do, like, these, like, super well-researched episodes about, like, uh, different topics regarding, like, religion and uh, patriotism. Uh, They both talk about, like, um, uh, you know, this idea of deconstruction of, like, you know, having been raised religiously and kind of, like, deconstructing our minds from like our religious upbringing so i super relate to it as someone who was raised catholic and you know uh ended up super fruity and have kind of been like you know reconciling reconciling my like religious upbringing with like my uh current state of mind uh it is a really really great and informative podcast if you like podcasts like uh bingetopia um you know podcasts that go into these like uh well-researched topics about a um you know a a, a certain aspect of our society it is really dope uh vika just released an episode about uh martyrdom the history of like martyrs and how like uh the christian evangelicals today view themselves as like martyrs and kind of like idealize this idea of being a martyr and being persecuted for their faith um it is a just a really good listen so i recommend checking that out it's called impure rethought available on all podcasting platforms uh Hell yeah. Um, shit, what am I gay for this week? I've I've really been through with these last couple of weeks. Like, I've not been, like, focusing a lot on, like, uh-huh. the stuff that makes me happy, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Have you been watching anything? Watching anything good? Um, I watched the new Doctor Strange movie, but, like, I'm not going to recommend that. Like, you're <laughs> all adults. You can watch it if you want. Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Ever heard Wait. of it? <laughs> Did you see that they announced a gay Spider-Man? <laughs> yes, I did. Wait, how do we feel? Did you? Is, the, is that kind of slay, um, or are we kind of like? I'm of two minds. Yeah. It slays, but did you see his design? Yeah, the like <laughs> rainbow cape. He kind of had the like limp wrist a little bit. And he's a uh, a fashion designer in his universe. Work. 
you know um and yeah he he's look he's very like yeah like bent elbows floppy wrist like a very skinny twink uh-huh. i'm like okay i guess diversity win I don't know. There was, like, some gay moments in Doctor Strange 2 that had me, like, left a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. It's one of those things where I'm like... Sorry, what, to... what, speak, speaking with what mouth that, they, that, they, that they're not using. Um, yeah, just some of it felt a little, like, yeah, sure, maybe well-intentioned, but, like, a half measure that really, like, mm. the movie could exist with or without it. It's an ongoing issue I have with, like, queerness in mainstream media yeah. where it's, like... Putting a rainbow pin on something isn't the diversity win. I think a lot of corporations mm-hmm. think they are, especially when like a character's queerness is not even central to their plot. Not saying that like all characters have to like be about being gay all the time, but like it truly did not matter that this character was LGBT. They could have not been it completely. The only difference was they had two moms and a rainbow pin on their mm-hmm. shirt, and I was like, okay, work. I guess. Yeah, it's tough. It's just a really shitty. Damned if you do, damned if you don't uh, with exactly. queer representation in media these days, specifically from Disney, because it's like mm-hmm. they're half measures that like aren't really getting any of us gays like excited. Like we're not like mm-hmm. we're not yassing the house down over it, but it is having the effect of like really pissing off the conservative right and just like adding fuel to the garbage fire that is the like anti LGBT hate machine. We've seen it with. Lightyear recently, uh, where, you know, there was a, like, with two-second peck of, like, two, uh, you know, lesbian characters kissing, who I think, I haven't seen the movie, don't they, like, die pretty soon <laughs> afterwards? Like, it is a barrier gaze I moment? Don't, I have no idea. I think it I is. Not, I have not seen what happens. The, the, two, the two gay moms in Doctor Strange die immediately Work. after they're introduced. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the same is true in Lightyear, but I did see the clip of the kiss in Lightyear, uh-huh. and it is so fucking so, innocuous. Uh, it, is so, it is so innocuous and framed so, so well that, like, oh, you could absolutely cut this two yeah. seconds out, and they probably are for foreign markets. Uh-huh. I think they've said that they're not, but, like, I don't really believe them um also did you see the baymax um um the baymax yes. thing there's like a trans man who like recommends a tampon in a baymax short or something that people are yeah. losing their shit over um, also the first episode i think there's like a queer romance uh between like a black gay character voiced by the voice talents of one mr jabuki young white my close personal friend uh Hell me yeah. and all the 18 to 35 year olds will be streaming baymax because uh me and all my 18 to 35 year old friends Love any project that involves the multi-hyphenate talent that is Jabuki Young White. Um. <laughs> I cannot tell how serious you were about any of that. <laughs> um, I'm I'm being fully serious. All my 18 to 35 mm-hmm. year old friends love Jabuki Young White. Um, if you don't know, that's a popular uh, meme that goes around. If you look at any like announcement that has Jabuki's name in it, uh, he and his dedicated fans. Uh, will be shouting out and repping his work and uh, promoting it uh, and letting all the execs know that we love content that has Jabuki Young White in it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. it, it's cool. I, there's a cute little clip of, like, uh, his character asking, like, another gay man on a date, and it's very meet-cute, and Baymax is, like, there being his little wingman, and it's, it's cute. I love Baymax. Anyways, enough shilling for the mouse. Wait, let me recommend a thing I actually work. liked. <laughs> Um, I'll say it, a play. I keep seeing theater for my silly little day job that mm-hmm. I have. Oh yeah, Dear Evan Hansen, you loved it, right? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. 
Um, no, I want to talk about a show that's actually running at the Kirk Douglas Theater right. in Los Angeles. It's like the smaller black box of the three center theater group theaters, center theater groups, the company that I work for, <laughs> shilling for my workplace. But they're doing a play right now called To Tea or Not to Tea. Um, this is a play by um, a trans comedian actor named D'Lo. Um, and it's a one-man show um, that is just sort of an autobiographical, here is the story of like my journey as a trans man. Um, he is Sri Lankan, and so a lot of he takes a lot of um, influence in the design of the show visually, and also in the storytelling from Sri Lankan culture. Um, he talks a lot about his relationship to his parents, you know, the ex the expectations of like you know growing up expected to be a beautiful young bride to marry mm -hmm. off to a man, and he absolutely went a different way, and just some really like just some really honest, really frank like depictions of like queer family and like found friendship and relationship and like just the the ways that uh trans people are still so like horribly repressed but also like a lot of really wonderful queer joy in this story so i cool. was a little moved by it it's only it's it has a really short run so i don't even know if anyone has time to see it at this point it was only running for two weeks meant to run in tandem with another show that got canceled but Oh, well, but now you have a chance to see uh, this show, To Tea or Not for Tea, um, at my workplace, Kirk Douglas Theater. Come check it out. Oh, I'm I'm truly so jealous of the fact that you get to see so much cool theater and also Evan Hansen. Even dear Evan Hansen? <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I've been craving seeing a, like, just a good, a good play that's going to make me uh, catharsis the house down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> catharsis. Catharsis the house down, no Aristotle. Was it Aristotle who talked about catharsis? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where catharsis came from. Yeah. But you know that. My, my, my catharsis, the catharsis I need in this moment, though, is ending the podcast so I can turn my AC back on. I, I need to turn my fan on. I'm also sore, absolutely hungry. Um, my tummy has been rumbling, and I hope that my mic hasn't been picking it up. Well, anyways, thank you for listening to Gay for Play. We're going to try to like be doing this more semi regularly. Um, if you um, barring barring more yeah. worldwide tragedies, we'll see. Yeah, we would love some feedback. Uh, if you're listening to the show and uh, you have any thoughts, please hit us up. You can email us at gayforplaypodcast at gmail .com. You can uh, at us on Twitter at gayforplaypod. Eric, you're off Twitter, but I still run that little Twitter account every now and then. I did. I deactivated yeah. my Twitter last week. It was truly the most catharsis I felt in a long yeah, time. Yeah, talk about catharsis. Piece of advice. Here's what I'm gay for. Deactivating your Twitter. Yeah. Highly recommend. Also, get rid of all social media, I say, as mm -hmm. I ask you to follow our social media yeah. pages. <laughs> but I've been thinking about getting off Instagram because, like, that has just been... It's not been giving. You know what has it's been not, giving, though? I don't know the last time I actually saw a friend post a thing and not a corporation on my Instagram yeah. page. You know what has been giving? What? Be real. Be be, that's real. what I should have talked Wait, about. Wait, add us on Be Real, Listeners, actually. Add us on Be at Real. At 76 at Eric of the Sun with underscores between all those words, right? Wait, yeah, real quick rundown. What is Be okay, Real? Okay, Be Real is a new social media app where once a day, everyone gets a notification at the exact same time that says, It's time to be real. And you have like two minutes to just like take a picture of like whatever you're doing at whatever moment this happens. Uh, so it takes a picture with your like, um, regular camera and then right afterwards it'll take a picture of your front facing camera at the same time and then you just get to post it and see like what all your friends are doing at this like one moment in time and so you only get to post once a day it is so non-toxic it's uh 
it's the salve to everything that we hate about Instagram and everything about, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, fabricated social media. um, And you just have to hashtag be real. Um, I post the ugliest pictures of my face on be real listener. You are missing out. It's great. I love it. Uh, The app's kind of janky because do you have a problem with it? Whenever like, whenever it's time to be real, do you have to like press that button like a million times? Yeah, or sometimes it'll just it just won't let me yeah. do it, or like I'll take a picture and then it won't let me post it. I have to close the app and take. It's kind of janky again. because you know, like it's getting like all literally all of its traffic for like every single user at the exact same moment at the exact same time. Um, so it's like kind of janky, but like it still does eventually work, um, and it's great. I love. There's Be Real. also there's I, there's no way that Be Real is not like selling all of our information to like China oh, or something, but I don't care. But you know yeah. what? For now, it's for now. Uh, we're living in the ignorance is bliss moment of be real um okay. if you if you want to see me haggard sad and depressed at raising canes yeah. at 11 a.m on a thursday afternoon uh-huh. be real is the place to see if that. you want to see me in my living room playing Fortnite slash persona um be real is the place to be <laughs> uh, um, I think. Wait, is, your, is your name on Be Real the same as everything else? I think mine is the same. I think as mine's Afro Man seventy six. Yeah, which which is yeah Afro Man seventy six for you, Eric of the Sun for me. Underscores uh-huh. between all of those words. You can also find, find me, me everywhere except there Twitter. on Twitter and Instagram. Anyways, we just talked about how bad social media is, and now I'm gonna go back to plugging it the house down. Uh, our page at Gay for Play Pod. We are on Twitter and Instagram and Twitch. Um, I really want to start streaming on Twitch again. Again, I've just been. In the sad vibes. Um, but I still have a bunch of, like, demos that I downloaded from, like, the Steam Summer Game Fest, whatever the fuck it's called. And I want to, like, stream some of those. I also, like, bought some games on the Steam sale that I want to, like, stream. Um, so, yeah, follow us Let's there. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's figure out a time and a place. We'll let you know on our social medias. Work. All right. All right. Are you ready to go? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, one more time. We're on Patreon if you want to give us some money. And also, you can review us on Apple and Spotify. We would really appreciate it. Ta. Yeah. We, we sound so cynical every time we do that. <laughs> but no, we do. We mean it. Hello, we really do. We promise. And, and, and hit like and subscribe and make a pledge and leave a review. God. Okay. Smash that like button. I'm losing steam. <laughs> Let's get out of here. <laughs> All right. Love you lots, well, listener. We will talk to you. Love you, Eric. Until next time, do we want to say right now on the spot what our next episode is so we can hold ourselves to it? No. Because <laughs> I don't Me know neither. what it's going to be. <laughs> Great. All right. Well, we'll talk to you next we'll time. We'll figure it out. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Gay for Play. Our theme music is by Connor Marsh and our show art is by Benny Kessler. You can check the episode description for a link to our Patreon, socials, as well as everything mentioned in this week's episode. Until next time, dear listener, remember, if you stay pointy, you ain't gotta get pointy. But you should get pointy, it's a really good game.